What's up, guys? Welcome to the Social Media Entrepreneurs Podcast, teaching you how to become a full-time entrepreneur by leveraging modern social media strategies. I'm your host, Derek Vidal, and today I'm joined by Austin Armstrong for the second time. He is the founder of Social T Pro. You can find him on every social media platform at Social T Pro. And I was asking him beforehand, should I ask you about TikTok? Because that's really where you first blew up on. That's the first platform that you got over 100K followers. And now he's over 100K on almost every major platform, if not two or 300K. I'll let uh, him give you the exact numbers. But YouTube, Facebook, believe it or not, Facebook Reels, he's been taking that game. He's got an AI app coming out. We're going to talk about that. So we're going to be talking about AI today. We're going to be talking about advanced social media tactics because Austin is uh, consistently getting views. I mean, he really has his content creation process down. So we got a lot to learn. But uh, how are you doing today, Austin? Derek, I'm doing great, brother. It's so excited to be back and, and chat with you and, and uh, just learn from you and, and share what's been working for me with everybody listening. Yeah, we got uh, talking before the show and I hesitate to deep dive because I'm like, all right, I just got to save this for the show. But there are so many things that I wanted to ask you then. So I'm excited to unpack everything. But first off, let's start where uh, with where your money actually comes from. I saw a video on TikTok of someone interviewing you and you said that you made a million dollars last year. So uh, just tell us the breakdown of that. Yeah, it's kind of mind blowing still. <laughs> Uh, so I've, I've diversified how I make money in, in seven or eight different ways. Uh, the primary way is through my digital marketing agency. So uh, we're a full service digital marketing agency. We have an SEO side and a social media side. Uh, on the social media side, we do everything from uh, coaching, consulting, developing content strategies, uh, editing the content uh, for our clients and actually posting it and managing it uh, across all of their accounts. Uh, and in Orange County, California specifically, we actually have a video production team. So uh, for our clients that are in Orange County, California, we actually go out and, and shoot the content uh, for them as well. That's by far the primary revenue driver. Uh, but because of the content that I create, affiliate marketing is also a very significant um, uh, revenue driver for me. Uh, course sales, digital downloads, uh, eBooks, uh, are, are great. I do a lot of brand deals as well. Uh, in fact, last year, brand deals were probably more than affiliate marketing, but this year, uh, affiliate marketing has really, really taken off, but yeah, brand deals, promoting other products, useful websites. Uh, I do hourly consulting. Uh, as you had mentioned, I just launched, uh, an AI marketing SaaS tool called Syllabi uh, two months ago. So that's bringing in significant revenue already. Uh, and then a bunch of other little things here, here and there. But uh, those are, those are the, the notable uh, ones of how I'm making money from social media. Awesome. Uh, with the agency, you said that's most of it. Uh, what percentage would you say that is? Well, last year it was it was seventy-ish percent, seventy, eighty percent on the on okay. the high end. Uh, now it's probably getting into into fifty uh, percent. The agency's still doing exceptionally well, uh, but between how many brand deals I get and how much money I'm now making from affiliate marketing, it's it's really leveling out, which is exciting because agency life is stressful and clients can drop on a dime sometimes, but affiliate revenue, um, and, uh, and, and brand deals are, are consistent. Um, 
and it's uh, it's it's great to have that diversity. The rest of those rev- revenue sources outside of the agency require the big audience, so that's why those started to come later. But the agency, you're charging high ticket, so even a dozen clients or, or less a month, you can still make some really good money. Absolutely. And you were saying that you do clients out in Orange County. Uh, California, where I'm from, actually, and you film their videos out there, but that's not where you started on the agency side. Uh, Tell us about what your first offering was uh, for your agency that worked. That's something that you did for over a year. Uh, Was that totally digital, international, TikTok consulting? Um, Go ahead and let us know. Yeah. So, well, we actually did uh, have a, a video production out in Orange County, California. That's where, that's where I started my business. Mm. That's where I started my, uh, uh, really true entrepreneurial journey uh, professionally out there. Uh, but we more so had a lot of SEO clients uh, early on. We were doing some video stuff, but SEO is is what there was a lot of early traction on. And when I got started on, on TikTok about four years ago, uh, that's what my early content creation was about. SEO tips, strategies, things that you can immediately implement to grow your business uh, or your website, get more traffic, get more sales, get more leads, all of, all of these things. So we really, yeah, uh, that was the first thing that blew up online was talking about SEO content strategies. And uh, it just sort of started to snowball because I was building a, an audience uh, of people interested in uh, in SEO and TikTok was doing so well for me to generate leads for my business in that space it started to attract other business owners and even other agency owners. They're like, how are you doing this? Uh, and you're doing so well growing your business on TikTok. Can you help me grow my business on TikTok? And I said, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then you start to build a, a team around that um, and, and it's expanded. And now we do way more uh, TikTok and, and uh, vertical video uh, marketing than, than in the SEO space. And it really all started from gaining a community and then listening to them and uh, adjusting over time. It, it sounds like even these brand deals, you probably were having them come to you for the most part, not you reaching out the other mm-hmm. way, especially when you started your series on the websites that feel illegal to know. And then websites mm-hmm. would reach out to you and ask if they mm-hmm. could be featured, correct? So then it made your content creation process easy because you already knew what you had to post about because they already paid you to post about it. And it really seems like everything just kind of came to you uh, after you got the audience. And I, th- I think a lot of businesses want to figure out, do I have to get an audience first and figure out what to sell them later? Or do I already have to have the product figured out before I build an audience? Otherwise, I'm just building an audience of random people. Uh, I think it is probably particular to different business models. But what would you say from your experience of the audience first or the product first? Yeah, it's absolutely going to vary on on a couple different things. Um, so uh, the the real reason why I had to go all in on this is I hate sales. <laughs> I hate picking up that phone and cold calling businesses and like, hey, I have a digital marketing agency. Would you like to grow your yeah. website? Uh, I hate it. I, I don't even want a LinkedIn cold DM. I hate DMing people, uh, but I'm passionate about digital marketing. I'm passionate about sharing what I know. Uh, I love talking to people like you and doing podcasts like this and, and speaking and all of these things. And so 
what happened was I just shared and I just started creating content around everything that I know and giving the best information I, I know away for free. And what happens, you know, they, the, the websites um, saw a video that, you know, goes viral, gets a lot of views on a, on a competitor. And then they reach out and say, Hey, can you make a video about this? Sure. Um, you know, same thing with, with clients, they see me just doing and, and helping them. And some of them have implemented some of the strategies and built a little bit of traction. And then they reach out and say, Hey, can you, can you take us on as a client? Do you, do you do this work for others? Uh, and it's, for me, it's a mindset shift because they're, I've already sold them in the content. They're already interested in, in what I have. They took the, the time and, and went out of their way to reach out and, and call me. And for me, that's, that's much more of an easier sale and a mindset shift. Um, everything that I do is, is completely inbound at this point. I don't do any paid advertising. I don't do any cold calling. I, I just talk about what I'm passionate about. And I, I do great things like talking to you on, on podcasts like this. Um, and that's worked really well for me. Um, the, the second part of the question of do you need, you know, chicken or the egg, do you need the product or the service first or the audience first? Um, if, uh, so for, in, in my case, we had the, the service first, we had the, the business and, and the, the product, the marketing agency first, uh, and then we started to create content and it started to build up a following. And then it started to generate leads because we already had the systems in place. Um, and I sort of flipped that for now, the second business, the, the, my AI tool, um, I started hyping it up. And, and I built that marketing engine around sharing useful websites and AI websites before the product was even launched. And so uh, we just built hype. We, we built a, a sizable email list of a, of a waiting list. We just had the landing page up. We were building it, but we're, we were sort of trying to test the market a little bit, see if there's an interest here before we invest a lot of money into building the tool. Uh, and it worked. And so here we are two months into this and it's already profitable. We've already made more than our financial investment, but it's because I built that audience first and asked them if this was something they were helpful. The, the uh, response was overwhelming. And so I don't think there's, there's a right or wrong way to do it. It's just what works best for you. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. I think the division, uh, and still there's so much gray space to it, but with digital education, it seems like a, you want the audience first because then you're trying to solve such a specific problem and at a specific time in their life, and you don't know exactly what all their fears are. And there's just a little bit more to it than if you know, uh, especially if you're drop shipping a product that's already a very clear cut sales process, then yeah, you need the product first. You wouldn't want to, if you came out with uh, like one of those massage guns and you're going to go sell your version of those, you wouldn't say we need an audience first and then we need to survey them and see if they want this. So it is still situational, but I think especially on the digital education side is where the audience often needs to come first. Cause I think it was, two years of 
making about eight different offers before I found any kind of uh, program offer that I did for longer than a year. All of yeah. them made some money, but they needed tweaks. They were not something I was going to turn into a paid ad model uh, or even just any kind of evergreen system. So it does take a lot of listening in, in those types of businesses. Uh, let's talk about your app, though. So AI is obviously the, the big topic right now. Let's address the first thing, though, because we're about to get really technical, and he's going to talk about some AI websites that feel illegal to know. And uh, <laughs> we are uh, going to be like, what the hell is going on in the world? Like, do we even need to take part in this? There, it's so overwhelming. Even when TikTok came out, I was overwhelmed about the app because I'd go on there and I'd end up like, oh, I'll just try to do a dance like these kids. Like, I didn't know how to do it. It took me forever to, to actually figure out the app. And AI is a whole new ball game on in, in every industry. So what should people think about AI? Is it something that they can resist or what's your uh, you know, mantra on that? Okay, so I have a very uh, uh, bold opinion on this. Um, so all technology advancements are inevitable. And if you fight it and resist it, you will be left behind. Uh, AI will not take your job, however, People who use AI will take the jobs of people who do not use AI. So that is my prediction. AI is becoming ingrained. You look at how fast ChatGPT has become everyday practice uh, for, for so many of us. It's the fastest platform to, to 1 million users, faster than any other social media platform, faster than Google, faster than anything. This has now become, in, in less than six months, second nature to us as an assistant. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. And so this is going to continue uh, to speed up rapidly. This is not a fad. This is not uh, NFTs. This is not, um, you know, say what you will, but this is not cryptocurrency. This is, yeah. this is different. This is the greatest leap forward in technology since the internet has come out. Okay, so you have to embrace it. Yes, it's it's overwhelming. It's a new thing. There's a million tools that have just come out. But as you said about TikTok, and as you know, as as anything comes out, you don't learn it instantly. You just get in those reps. Just start watching some videos. Just start reading some articles, listening to some podcasts, follow some creators that are talking about the space, and just start dabbling. And it's just putting those hours in the, and, and experimentation. You know, you learn a little bit, you try a little bit, you see what works for you, and then you continue going down that. A, a year from now, if you just like today sign up for a free um, chat GPT a, a account and just start playing around with it, a year from now, you are going to be so much farther along than the people that have resisted this change. Just start playing around with it. A lot of these tools are, are free. Um, so just, just start, just start playing around with it a little bit. I just used uh, chat GPT for the first time really seriously two days ago. And cool. this actually doesn't take long to learn. You just type in whatever you would type in in Google and get a way better response. And for those of you on my email list, I didn't write the email this morning. I used ChatGPT to say, Ooh. write me an email to announce the debut of my new YouTube video titled 
uh, mastering Instagram reels, eight hacks to grow your following. And then it gave me a response. I said, can you switch the first paragraph? It gave me a new one. I said, can you switch it again? Gave me a new one. And then I still made like less than 10 words were tweaked in the end and I got it out and uh, we'll see how it performs. But I'm like, this sounds like me, especially after I made some little tweaks and it does learn over time. It learns your preferences and it was really incredible. And actually that title I didn't come up with that one that I just said, I was like, what should I come up with for my Instagram reels episode? I was like eight Instagram reels tips, like is what I normally do or like hacks. And then I was just like, just, I'll just try this again. And all eight titles were like perfect. I could use any of them, but I used the first one and uh, I, I was absolutely blown away. So it's chat GP or no, uh, chat.openai.com is where you go. And I would just ask it five to 10 questions immediately after this interview to just get your feet wet a little bit with this because uh, don't even wait longer than today. You could be using this in, in so many ways. Uh, give us some of those ways that someone brand new to ChatGPT, they open it up, give them some thought joggers of uh, regardless of what business they are, they can probably uh, get some application out of it right away. Yeah, well, think about it uh, as a as a personal assistant. Um, you can have a conversation with it. Uh, it's like Google, but Google is right there in front of you and you can revise searches. Uh, it's an infinitely better search engine, but you can tell it to do anything, uh, like a low-level task. Like, just like Derek uh, had, had said, like if you don't want to write an email, you can just say, write an email on, uh, on this particular thing. You can say, you know, take all of this data and uh, summarize it for me. Uh, you can, uh, you know, one of the really cool use cases I've seen come out of this is uh, you can have it transcribe a YouTube video and then say, summarize this. Uh, and there's a free Google Chrome extension for this, where now you don't have to watch a 20 minute long YouTube video. You can just say, summarize this video in the top five or top 10 uh, takeaways and, and what action steps should I take from this? And so what you've just saved yourself a ridiculous amount of time. You can ask it to, uh, to put together graphs for you. You can say, put, it, put this info in a table and it'll spit out the table and then you can you know, take that into Google Sheets or, or uh, Excel or, or anything. Um, you can ask it to create you an entire business model and business strategy for whatever that idea in your head is. And it'll give you a step-by-step -step process. So you don't have to go out and hire a, a business coach or a consultant. It will tell you everything that you should do based on um based on success data uh it, it's it, it's almost overwhelming what you can do with it there's a million use cases it's kind of a of a black hole so there's unlimited uh, use cases for chat gpt and it kind of becomes a, a an an abyss of what you can do and so that's why there's so many cool tools that are coming out leveraging uh these ai uh AI tools leveraging ChatGPT as the backend powerhouse uh, of their tools to help you even stay more consistent. So I'll just use this as a quick segue uh, for, for my tool syllabi. Um, but so what our tool helps you with is if, uh, if you know you need to create content uh, for your business, but you don't know what topics to create, you don't know what to say in the videos, and you need help staying consistent, that's why we built this with a, with a workflow. 
And so with a press of a couple buttons, you can type in whatever industry that you're in, and it'll show you all of the top questions that your customers are searching for online. You can then, with another click of a button, generate video scripts that are 30 seconds or 60 seconds long for short form content for like TikTok or YouTube shorts, or two minute or five minute video scripts if you want to do a YouTube video around it. And then you can schedule that on a content calendar and mark it as complete, use it as a project management tool. So we're, we're pushing people through a workflow of leveraging AI to create more consistent, higher quality content around what your customers are searching for. But there is a use case uh, for anything that you want to do with AI, and there's probably a tool for it. Uh, and if there's not, you have the opportunity to create one. I was trying to find new uh, AI tools, and I just asked ChatGPT what AI tools I should use, and then that answer was pretty sufficient too. So yeah. it, you really just come back to it uh, for everything. Uh, like you said, you just can go down an infinite uh, wormhole of questions here and you're gonna like one question will lead to another. And I think you'll be really shocked by every answer you get uh, with yeah. your tool. Where does it get the search volume from? Is it Google, Amazon? Is, mm -hmm. is it all of them or, or is it just Google? Yeah, so it's all of them. So we're using uh, um, an industry standard uh, SEO tool API plugin into it. Uh, so it's current up-to-date data. That's one thing about, that's one caveat to ChatGPT is the information is dated uh, uh, to 2021. Uh, so it's not the most recent information. Uh, so you can't ask it like who won the Super Bowl, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Because in ChatGPT, it hasn't happened yet, right? So they, they limited on that. Um, but yeah, so that's that's how we sort of circumvent that is we have a, a, a leading edge SEO uh, API integration into it. So it's giving you the uh, cutting edge search data uh, around those particular questions. I don't think ChatGPT has search volume data uh, accessible when you ask it like a search traffic related question. You you can, you can get that that information, but again, it's it's old data, so it's not accurate anymore. Okay. Yeah. I, I asked it something about just asking how much chat GPT was being searched. And it, it said it didn't have information on that. Mm. I don't know. I'm sure you're going to find different answers depending on what you're asking about. Mm -hmm. but that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, with your tool, uh, what would be the uh, applications for a business right away? So if someone is e-commerce, and they're looking to sell more candles, we'll just stick with the, the basic example here. They could use it to get uh, ideas for Instagram content and YouTube content and just like whatever platform they're posting for. Yeah, absolutely. So if you make like uh, wood wick candles, for instance, right, you could type in wood wick candles and it'll show you all of the questions uh, associated with that. That might be, where do I find wood wick candles online? What are the best wood wick candles? Uh, how does a wood wick candle work? Why does a wood wick candle crackle uh, when you when you light it? Um, are there different scents of wood wick candles, right? And so if you just don't know what all the frequently asked questions uh, that people are searching for, it's a great tool to find those. And then you can just generate scripts around it. The other thing that you can do is maybe you don't want that search data. Maybe you have your own frequently asked questions that clients get. Uh, that people aren't necessarily searching for online, but it's still really good for your for your customers and and potential customers to know. You can circumvent that search and just schedule a new event within syllabi 
putting that in, it'll automatically generate uh, an outline for you and a video script around that topic as well. So we give you a full creative custom control over that. What's the pricing on this? Uh, you can try it free for, for seven days if you like. Um, and, uh, I, and I'll even give you this. So if anybody signs up for it and we'll get Derek uh, a custom uh, uh, code for it, um, uh, email me and I'll extend your trial for you. Uh, but it's uh, $49.99 per month once you sign up. Okay. Awesome. And you said that's been out for two months now? Yeah, two months. And already doing great? We have uh, over 4,000 customers so far. Awesome. Amazing, yeah. And uh, the fact that a lot of them stuck around the second month tells you it's uh, solving the problem that it needs to. So definitely check Absolutely. that out, guys. In the description, we'll get that uh, special link for you for the extended trial. Uh, let's uh, talk about TikTok because you're the man uh, that really understands that algorithm. And uh, your content style, I think, is so much simpler than what people would think of an account with. Are you over a million followers now? No, not quite. It's about 750,000. Okay, 750,000. Uh, there, there's a lot of different types of posts that you, you'll follow the trends and, and things like that. But obviously, your like websites that feel illegal to know seems to be a majority of your content. How would someone go about finding what that unique piece of content is for them? Like, what was the day that you said, this is how I'm going to do it, I'm going to do skit style, right here with this lighting. Uh, this is the hook and, and now use that same hook every time. Like everyone wants to fought to get their content creation process, this streamlined, but they're like, nothing has worked this well to turn it into a repetitive process. Yeah. Uh, is there a way that you could teach someone to find this? Yeah, absolutely. So I would, I would try and remix, um, popular styles on the platform with your unique spin. And so, you know, too many people get caught up in the uh, copying mentality and like faking it till you make it, like looking at popular videos and copying them to a T. And that can get you a little bit of success. Um, but if you're able to innovate and create something fresh and something new, you're going to get far better results, right? And so I was sharing useful websites for a while. Uh, I, I didn't invent that style. I'm not the first person to share a, a useful website that's been going around since the internet started, right? Um, I didn't invent the sort of talking to yourself, edutainment, um, dissemination of useful information of thought leader to prospective clients, right? Or, or you know, having that conversation, communicating some sort of educational information to us to a second party. But I was probably the first one to combine those two things and and make it my own and do a unique spin on a proven winning style with a subject matter that was also interesting. And so, you know, you I got to that point just by spending time in app, uh, to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I'm constantly trying other things and you know, look at different delivery styles. That's a delivery style that works really, really well, the conversation style. How can you apply that um, to what you regularly create content uh, to and, and sort of up-level it and bring it to another level so it's something fresh, it's something new, but it's also somewhat relatable and it's, and it's built in the, that, that core understanding of that format. So keep an eye out for those those different uh, as your uh, those different content styles as you're swiping through the the for you page, hmm. um, you know there's another great content strategy 
that we've sort of emulated. Uh, for, I, I call it the law by Mike style where we've kind of, you know, he, he blew up with this and it's bullet pointed information um, where I'll say, you know, uh, like don't drink the cop water uh, when they're, when you've been detained, right? And it's, it, it's just one line at a time. They're trying to get your DNA. So pass on that, co- you know, and every single line that he says, he cuts on motion. He'll, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll uh, pan the camera up or, or sideways. He'll put his hand across the screen. He'll put the, the can of Coke up to the camera. And the next line is in a different location. So it keeps it very fast paced. And he only says one line of it at a time. This is great for attention spans, particularly on on TikTok and short form vertical video. Because if you go, if you're just talking head and you're just straight on talking for for sixty seconds straight on one subject, it's boring. You get bored. I'm ready yeah. to swipe, right? So you have to constantly trigger the the dopamine receptors of in people's brains. And so these are a couple different ways to do it, right? Like start on me, go to website reaction start on me go to website reaction or here's opening hook swipe on motion uh bullet point one swipe on motion bullet point two etc but just really pay attention like as you're scrolling through the fyp uh, even if it's not related to your subject matter at all look at how they're doing it and see if you can take that and apply it to what you do and up-level what you do. And that's how you're going to be able to find that unique thing. Yeah, you can copy the presentation style from any market and bring it to your own, or in this case, taking multiple presentation styles and then forming your own. And then once the results started coming from that time and time again, you you even kept the, the same hook for the most part. Do you vary that at all anymore? Oh, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll change it up. Um, that just like when you have a, a proven winner, uh, drive it home. Just do it over and over and over again. Uh, if it stops working, I'll stop doing it, but it just keeps working. So, you know, why, why stop? It's been working so well for me. So I'm going to have to steal it on, on a couple of reels. Oh. I won't make it my, my thing and just, <laughs> Oh, I, I get it. Just do this uh, for all my content from here. Thanks Austin. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to have to try it out a few times. Uh, <laughs> A simple tip that it seems like you get some extra comments around. I, I've seen you do some crazy hairstyles just for the sake of getting comments. And you also usually have some really colorful shirts. Have you found that you get significant more comments based off of what you're wearing? To some degree. Uh, yeah, I just like wearing Hawaiian shirts, uh, to be honest. Uh, so I wear a lot of Hawaiian shirts. Uh, that's just me, to be honest. Like, that's just my personality. Uh, I wear a lot of fun shirts. I, I like to wear fun shirts. Um that it's not particular to get engagement that, it, but it does get in engagement. Um, I I'll work in some personality things and things that, that are true to me. Like I'm a Rotarian. Uh, so I'll wear uh, clothes and jackets uh, that have the rotary logo on it. I've got like this, this rotary thing back here. Uh, and so there, you know, there's 1.4 million Rotarians around the world. Uh, if a Rotarian sees my content, they're going to double take it and be like, Oh my gosh, I, I know that he's a Rotarian. He's like me, you know, similarity. So it creates that, um, that conversation and, and um, uh, mutual understanding point, right? I'm not just some, some dude out there that's like creating content. I'm, I'm relatable. I'm doing things right. But my favorite uh, engagement hacks are because of the websites that I share, I will um, plant a folder right below the URL 
and it'll be something very suspect, uh, like uh, Donald Trump NUD dot 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 or something like that. And it's I, I don't address it. It's just visible. It's in plain sight, but it causes people to go, "What? What? No, surely he's not looking at that." What? <laughs> and so people run to the comments about that. They will, um, you know, rewatch the video, increasing engagement, and be like, "I had to." make sure that I, I saw that Wait, like, you know, so that, that increases engagement a lot. Um, I've been getting some pushback on, on this recently, um, on, on another strategy that's an engagement hack, but, uh, it still works is mispronouncing words on purpose. Uh, so instead of like answer socrates.com, which is a great useful website for finding content, uh, topics, uh, I'll say answer Socrates, uh, and like, you know, um, uh, in, uh, I shared a recipe website one time about Outback's Bloomin' Onion, and I said onion, and I just pronounce things in in weird ways, and people love to assert themselves. Like it's easier to get uh, negative engagement than it is to get positive engagement, but the platforms don't care about if it's positive or negative engagement. They just want engagement. And so I lean into getting that easy engagement because people are grammar Nazis. People love to assert their egos. They love to correct you. They love to point out your flaws. And uh, I just, so I troll the trolls is what I like to say. Does that strategy work better on TikTok than Reels or even YouTube Shorts? Across the board. Yeah. It's because it's a, it's a psychology thing. It's not a platform thing. So um, that's just human nature that people like to correct others. So uh, all of these platforms, and it's a big reason why I've been able to blow up uh, on on every platform this year. Is I just, you know, work in a proven winning style, but I work in these engagement hacks, and so um, people engage with the content like crazy, and uh, and it works across the board. I've seen other creators do things like this, and the first time you you see it, or I, I remember you did one with a Jiffy peanut butter, or no, 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 it was, uh, it, it was uh, gifts. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, and then you called them GIFs, like G-I-P-H, you called them GIFs. And I commented, I was like, what is he talking about? It's not called that, but I thought you actually thought it was that. So you got to be willing to play that game of people initially thinking you're stupid for a second. Um, but, uh, but then I, I caught on to it. And then I've seen other creators, like someone does this thing where they never blink. And then all the comments are like, why don't they blink? <laughs> like on every video <laughs> and they just, uh, so just like little things like that, but they're just giving people something to talk about that is mm -hmm. just consistently there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it really is a process of finding this and, and the willingness to do it. But I think if you understand the psychology and the reverse engineer yeah. from there, then it's a lot easier. And it, it, it also, it becomes insider language, which is so important for building that tribe uh, and engaged loyal following in social media too. Uh, and so, you know, like when, when people recognize that it's a recurring gag or bit, you know, or thing that you do, um, it, they're, they become in on the joke. It's the inside joke. And so what, what you'll start to see happening is people will run to the comments and say, you know, what's that folder? Are we going to talk about that thing? And then the insiders come in and say, first time here, huh? Or they, they like explain it a little bit because they're in uh -huh. on the joke and they love that because they know something that other people don't. And that's a very powerful psychological component to building a large loyal audience on social media too. Wow. 
Yeah, that's that's great. And, and is that something that you planned for or you just started seeing happen? Uh, I a little bit of both. Uh, so I, I noticed early on that people like I was I got I did one video where people were like rushing to the comments to correct me because I actually made a mistake. And that video performed really well because of all of those comments. So I said, oh, there's something here. Let me, you know, ride that momentum and, and ride that wave. Uh, but this insider language uh, strategy is, um, is is something I've researched and and done a lot of. I mean, there's a great book called Primal Branding uh, that I highly recommend everybody search for. Um, I remember uh, seeing uh, Matt Pat, a, a big YouTuber, uh, uh, speak at uh, at Vid Summit many years ago, and he has this insider thing where he does the like clap, almost clap second time, and that's like an insider mantra. Uh, big creators have a lot of these mantras. You'll see some YouTubers open up every single video by spinning their chair around, right? And that's the opening signal that the video is creating. It can be anything to you, but like if, 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 uh, if somebody that did every single video, they spun the chair around and started that video off. If another video, uh, they, they did another video and they didn't do that. It would it would be alarming. It would be like, what, what, why didn't you, why didn't you spin the chair around? Like you become so used to it, but it's an insider thing that, hmm. that you do uh, repeatedly over and over and over again. And it's hard to find that one thing, and it's hard to like force it, but really listen to your audience and 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 sort of you know try and figure out what's a recurring element that you can work into your content. Maybe it's a physical item. Maybe it's something you say, maybe it's an action that you take, but bring them in on an, on an inside joke. I like it. Yeah, I was trying to come up with some ideas that initially it's like, man, I, I don't know what I want to do. I'm not inspired to do anything. I did just come up with another idea, though, uh, at the end there. I'm not going to say, but I was like, that would actually be funny. Like, I, I have to find it funny. I, I can see how the, the creator has to also be totally into the joke. Otherwise, you're not really going to care about delivering it every right. <laughs> every time. Uh, so let's talk about your tactical content strategy for nine by 16 vertical content. How much are you switching up these posts uh, between the different platforms? And what's like an order that you follow anything that you can help people with? Yeah, the vast majority of the short form vertical videos that I create, I will post them onto TikTok, Facebook Reels, Instagram Reels, um, and yes, they're separate. I upload them separately natively on each app uh, and, and YouTube shorts as well. Um, I know you're an Instagram expert. I, I see a lot. I talk to a lot of people that they're like, oh, I'm just up, uh, upload this Instagram reel. And there's that little check uh, to, to also share to Facebook, different algorithms. If you're uploading it natively through the Facebook mobile app as a reel, it will reach a lot more people than if you're just sharing it from your, from your Instagram feed. Uh, so I'll post typically one, maybe two reels or or, uh, or short form vertical videos every single day um, as, as frequently as I can. There's no like you have to do it that many. Uh, there's no you you have to post uh, one a day or, or three a day or five a day. It's whatever you can consistently commit to. I would say as many as you can consistently uh, commit to. Uh, that's how you're going to build that muscle over time. If consistency is is one a week uh, and you can stick to one a week, start there and then build on it. If it's once a month, 
Uh, I'd recommend trying to do a little bit more than once a month, but if that's all you can consistently commit to, stick to that and then and then build upon it. Um, outside of uh, vertical video strategies, and that's the baseline for, for all of my social media strategy and, and growth, uh, particularly on Facebook, I've been um, working in some different content engagement hacks and strategies on there. So I actually post more on Facebook than any other platform right now because it's explosive growth. Um, I have uh, 800,000, 807,000 followers, uh, and it's really grown that much in about nine months. I went from just friends and family to 800,000 followers in nine months, which is mind boggling, but it's heavily Facebook reels, but it's also um, uh, Im value-based images around the subject matter uh, that I share. So I'll do an image of like, here's 50 useful websites uh, that's similar to the useful websites that I share or the top AI or generative AI websites by category. And it's just a really high value image post. But because my reels are on that same subject matter, I then engage with them in a different way. Those uh, tech are uh, those image posts uh, tend to perform exceptionally well. And I also use those on Instagram. Same thing. The, those image posts are going viral really crazy right now for me, reaching millions of people. And then on Facebook, I'll do uh, three to five text posts per day, uh, oftentimes motivational uh, to kick people's ass into gear and, and to start taking action. A lot of them are very polarizing. Um, I do, uh, and this is sort of the finesse is I will say very black and white statements, um, that, uh, elicit a response from both sides. They either agree with me and they're like, cool, totally agree. Uh, or they very passionately disagree with me. And then they run to the comments and, uh, and type up a paragraph of why they're right. And I'm wrong. And again, the, going back to that philosophy, these platforms don't care if the engagement is positive or negative. They just want engagement. And so I do like two of those really controversial uh, text posts per day. Um, it depends on how negative on your uh, Facebook it, page. it is on my Facebook page. Yeah. And, um, and those do exceptionally well. And I will say another thing here, it, it's on my personal profile. So it's not on a business page. I transitioned um, uh, my personal profile into professional mode, which also coincidentally was released about nine months ago. That's where I really started to see the momentum is, uh, as soon as I switched over to professional mode. Uh, and it gives you analytics on your account, uh, much like a business page. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that's, that's my current content strategy. Can you give an example of one of these divisive posts for your industry? Yeah. So I said the, probably the most viral one was uh, society's biggest problem right now is wanting $30 an hour with a $3 an hour work ethic. And that's controversial uh, to some degree. Um, I, I didn't inherently think that it was. Because it, at its root, it's like people want more money, but they don't want to put in more work. You know, that's the concept. And so, you know, a lot of people agreed with that statement. A lot of business owners and entrepreneurs ag uh, agree with that statement. People want raises, they want more money, but they don't want to do more work. They feel self-entitled. They, they feel like they deserve more money just for the sake of more money. 
Um, and I don't necessarily GPT made this. No, no, this was, this was, uh, okay. uh, actually it was, uh, it was a, well, okay. So let me, I'll, I'll dive into the, it was actually an experiment. So a guy on my team had posted that on his page and it, it did very well. And so I said, I'm going to copy and paste this. Uh, are you cool with it? And of course he said, yeah, do it. And so I posted it, it went mega viral on, on my Facebook page. And then um, what, so that post upset people. Uh, but then what I did afterwards was upset people a little bit more. And I said, you were just a part of an experiment. Uh, I showed a screenshot of his post. I showed in a screenshot of my post and I shared why that worked. And that upset a lot of people because it's like, now you just want engagement for the sake of engagement. And I get that argument, uh, but it still works. And, you know, my thought process is, you know, you can take this or leave this. I am actively doing experiments on, on my pages and I'm very transparent in sharing them with people. Like, listen, like this is going to get you engagement. It also could get you a lot of hate. It's very polarizing. This is why I did what I did. Uh, and people don't like to be a part of experiments. They don't like you to call it out and say, mm. like, I knowingly manipulated you with a marketing tactic. Here's why it worked. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> they don't like that. But it's the reality of the situation. Um, you have to have such a diehard passion for marketing to be like, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> and you get those comments. You. Yeah, you get those comments. Like, yeah. I see what you're doing. Because, like, the people, the truth, it's, it's, again, insider language. Like I actively do these experiments to elicit an emotional response out of people. And, and, you know, if you can just take yourself away and like, let your, it's just a post. Right. And, but like, if you, if you feel personally attacked by that post and it's never like degrading to a, a, a group of people, of course not. It's, it's meant to inspire and, and motivate and uh, help you take action. But some people have insecurities that they feel personally targeted about and they want to assert their ego and say, you know, why, why you're wrong based on how life has affected them. And I get that. I'm empathetic with that. But I'm also sharing marketing tactics and strategies. And then the other marketers come in and say, I see what you're doing there. This is, you know, this is very smart. This is brilliant. I'm going to try this out. Um, and those are really the people that I want to attract anyway. Uh, you can't attract and appeal to everybody. Uh, and the sooner that you realize that, the the better success and results that you're going to get. You seem to have a really natural mindset for just putting out a bunch of content and not playing an imposter syndrome game, getting caught up in exactly how the post should be or having a perfectionist mindset with it that a lot of people have with when they hear this post three times a day on Facebook, even if they were doing nothing else, if it was just post three divisive posts on Facebook a day, or even not divisive, just three motivational things, even that is like, it's hard for them to definitely solidify the three they want to post. Uh, it sounds like you're getting content from some other ideas. So that post was from someone else. Are you going online for a lot of these ideas? Uh, that's not the exact question I want to ask, but just real quick answer that. It, yeah. So I do leverage chat. Uh, that particular post was, was mm -hmm. from somebody else, but I often do use chat GPT to say, you know, write, write me some controversial posts or write me some polarizing posts about business and, and marketing. And then I'll literally say like, make it more black and white and, and divisive. 
uh, and I go down that path. And so I very much leverage ChatGPT. But yeah, I'm, I'm actively doing research on other things, seeing what posts go viral, seeing if you know if I just you know uh, will share that post or uh, or get inspired by that post and and uh, do my own take or version on it. And then your mindset to just be able to do this day after day and take all of these comments and it not really, it doesn't seem to affect you in a way that you're not talking about it in any negative light. You're just talking about it. It is how it is. You're almost like the algorithm. You're like, I don't care. The, the comments are all the same. It, it, has this come natural to you or have you gone through some struggles as a content creator of just being so ambitious at posting? Uh, perfectionism is procrastination. Uh, your perfectionism is killing your momentum. Just post and learn and and grow as you're as you're going. Uh, there and I don't want to talk lightly about uh, getting negative engagement because our emotional states are important. We have to focus on our mental health. We all have personal insecurities, and so if you go down a rabbit hole of trying to get negative engagement to increase your engagement that some of that will happen. For me, it was a complete mindset shift of, um, I know my content will help the people that I want to help the people that go out of their way, like the trolls, which is always like username three, six, 47 million with no content on their page, or that it's just images from, from Google. And it's like, it's obviously a fake page are always the loudest ones that have something to say, but like, you're the one that's putting yourself out there. You're the one that's doing something to make a positive change and an impact in your life. You're the one that's taking action. Anybody that's going to leave a negative comment on your post is more often than not coming from a place of their own personal insecurities, or they just have no idea what they're talking about. And they're just like, for the lols, and just going to start an argument. And so I use that to my advantage because I know that that engagement will help me reach more of the people that I actively want to reach. And so that's the mindset shift for me of like, hug your haters, use the trolls to your advantage, troll the trolls so that they can help you inspire and reach more of the people that your message can actually help. That and so that comes over, that comes, sorry to cut that, that came over time though. That was your question too. Like that wasn't like uh, immediately like, oh, that's always made sense to me. No, it, it, it comes with time. It, it, it comes with time and trying things out. There's something about getting negative comments that makes you not scared of them anymore, especially because someone after the comment has happened, when people run to the comments, if they're like, I'm going to comment this, and then someone's already commented it, they're just like, oh, I'll just like this person's comment. So mm -hmm. they just add to the ratio. But it stops eventually. And what I found too with students that will say, well, people are going to say this. Uh, a lot of times that thing that they're scared of, that is the true insecurity that if someone were to say, maybe it would be a lot more likely to irk them than the comments that they actually get because they obviously know their insecurities better than anyone. They're going to come up with that. Mm -hmm. So I like to ask them, has anyone ever said that? And the amount of people who say, well, no, no one's actually ever said that is a lot of them. So they're, they're really scared of comments that they're not even going to get. And yeah. uh, once they do come in, they usually are so illogical. Like I did uh, my, my first wave of a bunch of negative comments was when I did all of these crypto coins are going to tank videos. 
in the height of the bull run uh, mm -hmm. about a month before Bitcoin hit 66K and went down. I was like, this is the end of it for sure. And I'm so glad I said it was because it, none of the talk was about that. But no one had any counterpoints. It was just how yeah. I was stupid. It, it was just name calling. It didn't make sense. Things were spelled wrong. Yeah. It was coming from a, a profileless picture. So uh, yeah. getting the negative comments is often the, the way to really get through it because you don't really care about them anymore. Yeah. And, you know, another thing, too, is uh, like you can set up comment filters on a lot of your social media platforms, too. So, like, let's say you have a, a physical feature that you're personally insecure about. You know, maybe you've got a, a, a this is just an example. Maybe you have a mole on your face. Right. And so that's preventing you from creating content because you're afraid that people will make fun of the mole on your face. Right. So you can, but so don't let that be a hindrance of you. First of all, nobody really cares. But um, even if even if you think people will, and you're and you're afraid of those negative comments, go into your settings on all of these social media platforms. Add mole face on your face face <laughs> as as uh, banned comment words, and now out of sight, out of mind. They'll never show up on your on your comment section, so you don't have to worry about that thing. So you can you can preemptively filter this out about anything that you're personally insecure about as well. If you're speaking and you have a little bit of a lisp, you can you can put that in there too. Like, you know, don't worry about these things. Most of the time, people aren't going to comment anyway. But if you are concerned about it, there are preemptive measures that you can take. So we talked about TikTok. We've talked about AI, Facebook Reels. Got to post those separate on your page, even the, the professional mode. I, I was thinking in, in the background, how many clips are we going to make from this? I'm like, we could probably get eight to 10 at least that would be very valuable and Ooh. really just answer people's questions directly that they have about social media. So this has been great so far. Uh, I guess let's just wrap up here with, if there's one thing that content creators need to know, uh, whether it be a mindset shift or even just a tactic that they're still just not taking advantage of, I'm sure two years ago, you would say you have to be on TikTok. It would be the big thing that you were preaching. But right now, what is the big thing that everyone needs to be doing? I, I've come to realize that all of these things come and go the most important thing is that consistency over time. If you can pick something and stay consistent with it and improve upon it 1% every day, every time you post, you can accomplish anything that, that you want. Any goal that you have, you want to get clients, you want to, you want to, you know, become a speaker, you want to build various incomes, you want to do anything. You can do it, but don't give up. Get out of your own way. Stop being a perfectionist. Put your head in the in in your phone or in your books or whatever, and and just get consistent and stick with it. You know, schedule that out. Whatever that work looks like for you, stay consistent. Above all else, you will succeed. It, it, there's uh, so much to say about that. Even just from the standpoint of you're going to have. Uh, some customers that need to follow you for years before they actually buy and then repeat business just starts to come for these people that just stay in it long enough. It's not just figuring it out, but it's about just 
staying in it long enough for people to to actually need you at some point. There's probably podcast listeners that heard you when you're on the show over a year ago and hadn't really gotten started on TikTok. And, and now they're hearing you for the second time. Uh, they might be finding you at, at the perfect time. But yeah, beautifully said. Uh, a Houston Armstrong from so- Sociality Pro, guys. Uh, <laughs> be sure to comment your favorite things below and uh, go check them out on all social platforms. And then, of course, get that free trial with the extended uh, days on it in the description here for his new AI app. What was it called one more time? Syllabi.io. Syllabi.io. All right, guys, thanks so much. And thank you, Austin. Thank you. Thank you.